About the Church podcast, episode number 52. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of About the Church. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft. And my name is Deche Hallams. Deche. Welcome to... <laughs> welcome to... <laughs> to phlegm land. Generally speaking, about phlegm. <laughs> you, you, you're back from vacation? I am. I am so happy to have you back, man. I'm glad to be back. I'm a little tired, but I'm good. All right, so where did you go, man? I went to do like uh, the New England leaf changing, leaf, not leave, but leaf changing color thing, color change yeah. trip. So we basically went up to uh, Niagara Falls and then we went over to, we actually stayed in a place in New York. We went up to the Adirondacks because the hurricane thing, we were kind of worried about that thing. Right. Hitting up there in the Boston area. Uh, so we went to the Adirondacks a little bit, came back down, and then we went all the way across to a place called Salisbury, which is just north of Boston, right on the right on the beach, uh, in an RV park there in Salisbury. Okay. And then and then we just basically spent like one day we went up into Maine and went to LL Bean headquarters and stuff like that, and then came back down. And then one day we went into the White Mountains, and then went back down. And one day we went down to Boston. So we kind of stayed in one central location, went like three different directions. Gotcha. For each day, and then we traveled back. So. Awesome. Yeah. So that sounds like so much fun. So did you get to see a lot of leaf changing? I mean, did, were, was it there enough water and the moisture and everything? Yeah, yeah, so big time. I mean, we were, we were actually worried that we we're going to be either too early or too late. I couldn't remember which one. And um, and, it, and if we went, if you went far enough north, then you got to see a lot of the leaf changes. And so we did in the White Mountains. So, um, and if you want to see some photos, like yes. I was saying earlier, oh man, it just went away. I think it's Flickr.com slash photos slash DGS Flickr, F-L-S-C-K-R. And you can be able to see some photos from the trip if you want to. Very cool. DGS. Right, like DGS Flickr. Gotcha. But no apostrophe. DGS Flickr. All right, so uh, I definitely encourage everybody to go check that out and uh, see the photos that DG took of God's awesome creation. We had so many people like just going crazy last week because there's no live show and getting all these emails. It's like, oh, man, I'm really bummed about no live show today. (laughs) And so, of course, the people who are listening to this uh, that are on the podcast, they they haven't. I mean, really, they've continued to get their show. They didn't have a break and they're good. Although I think they understand that we recorded two in a row last week and we're going to be recording two in a row today. <laughs> My life is crazy. I'm sorry, people. You need a podcast called My Crazy Life. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so uh, we are recording two shows yet again today because on the 14th, uh, DG has to go get some edumacation for his church. Staff. I don't have to, but I'm going to. <laughs> yeah. So uh, anyway, we are going to have a lot of conversation here today, but today's episode is going to be primarily feedback. Uh, Some of it just uh, feedback regarding some things that we've talked uh, in recent episode about in recent episodes. And I have a, a, a an email from a friend of mine that just came out of the blue out of nowhere that really um, touched my heart, and and I'm I'm definitely been keeping him and his family in my prayers and I want to share that with you. I uh, just want to let you guys know uh, if you send us an email and and we're reading it on the show, it's been pre-cleared. So there <laughs> there's nothing 
There is nothing that we read in our shows that has not been pre-authorized by the sender, uh, either implied by saying, hey, please this sh- share this in the show. Right. But some of this stuff, um, and for example, we're going to have uh, an email coming up from a friend of mine named Jonathan. Uh, he's got a email in defense of the large church, and it came to me originally as a message to me. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, it, and, he, and you're like, he, hey, can I please mention that? Yeah, do you mind if I read this? And he goes, oh, man, I... I don't let me. Know. Let, he said, "Let me reword it," because he was a little strong and he was reacting right. a little bit. He's like, I'm going to get flamed by DG. I don't want to do that. <laughs> I don't think he's fearing totally flamed joking. by DG. But, <laughs> but you know, he, he he wanted to take some time to 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 craft this message. He he knew that I would take it in the right spirit. Sure, sure. B- b- based on the relationship. So <laughs> he's, he just put his smiley face. On. <laughs> <laughs> He's smiley face. So anyway, um, I, I'm just really excited about the feedback that we are getting. And it's awesome. It, I mean, I'm just blown away by everyone that, who actually even listens to us. But you guys, you have no idea how much you mean to us. I that's mean, right. You give us life. You give this podcast life. And we appreciate you. Uh, I, I, that is absolutely true. Because if it weren't for the people listening and interacting with us, it, I mean, this podcast would be boring and quite honestly, almost useless. Yeah. So we do appreciate it. And and if it's just you and me, it's got to be useless. <laughs> <laughs> I think you and I could just go out and have fun over lunch. You know, yeah, you and I could have fun pooping together. You know, that's. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> I am back for vacation. everybody. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're gonna edit that one out. At let's see, that was at no. Don't do that because minutes. it's gonna sound it's gonna sound horrible when you say, "Yeah, we could go out and do burp together," <laughs> and then awkward silence. Awkward silence. <laughs> hey, Justin, you have uh, done that before. Don't say it's gross. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> Woo! Downhill from here. Anyway, okay. I'm sorry. I'll All be right, better. Here. I'll be better. Oh, that. There we go. So anyway, and and this is and today's episode is proof that if you email us, we will read your stuff in our show. Yeah, because we do. There's absolutely no question. There's no doubt that we prefer voicemail because number one, we don't have to ring long emails. Yes, and number two, we get to hear your voice, and that really adds to the flavor of the show. Oh yeah. But today is all. It, every bit of feedback is written in written form. Came, oh, okay, came, no, no audio. There is no audio today. Okay, okay. So, which, by the way, if they wanted to call and leave us a message, DG, do you know the number? I do. Okay. Oh, wait, I know I don't because you didn't put it up on the chat room. <laughs> <laughs> it's area code 859-795-4067. Well, you asked me to oh, put... Oh, there it is, 4067. Thank you. Yeah. So you asked me to put the link to the chat room so that you stream viewers could come in. So now right. you know, live chat. I saw it, but but you told me the reason why you don't do that. <laughs> I know, but I decided to do it. Okay, all right. We'll test we, it we, out. Well, we'll, the we'll thing we'll is, test. is we do have some moderators here. So nice. You nice. know, they'll bounce them right on out of here. All right. Are you ready for this? I'm Let's start off with uh, Richard Emblem. I'll read this one here. Um, Dear Cliff and DG, regarding your question about the change in policy on the barrier burial of unbaptized children, you are pro- you probably need to realize that the Roman Catholics talk about a quote unquote hierarchy of truths. In other words, not all church teachings and their rules have equal importance or authority. The most important doctrines cannot be changed. For example, those in the Bible or those agreed in the various early church councils. But many minor teachers will teachings teachings will be refined, changed or corrected as time passes. For 
For your reference, here is an English translation of the condensed version version of the Roman Catholic Catechism. And by the way, I am going to provide, again, show notes today with links to all the stuff um, that he's given us. Or you can, here's the link to the full Catechism of the Catholic Church. And then he says the Anglican Church, called the Episcopal Church in the United States, split from the Roman Catholic Church at the time of the Reformation, but it has retained elements of both Catholic and Reformed, so it is not strictly just a Protestant church, but a bit of a mixture. Keep up the good work, Richard Emlem. He says, P.S., in case you wanted to do further research on the Orthodox churches, quote unquote, um, let's, he says, select one of these links to go to the site. And then he's got, he's a, got ton, a, lot of <laughs> a ton of leaks yeah. to the ether to, to study up on the Eastern Orthodox sites uh, or church and the Oriental Orthodox. Right. Church. And, and you've got and he's got this is a pr- pr- great example. You got Russian Orthodox. Gregorian Orthodox, Greek Orthodox, Romanian Orthodox. I mean, you can see all those different kinds of, of not splits, but all the different branches of the Orthodox Church or the Eastern Church that split with the Roman Catholic. Right. So, so, and I, and I would say, and I want to go back up here. I mean, yeah, go ahead. Technically, the Episcopal Church is a Protestant church. It's not. <laughs> it's not a, a Roman Catholic church. Technically, he said it's a mixture of both. But yeah, it's a mixture of both well, because they've retained. A well, lot of the, you know, a lot of the stuff that they that they had when they first started out with the Roman Catholic Church. Right. I, I think he, he what he means by that is that it's Protestant by the fact that it did break off. Right. But but what he's saying is that there is so much there is there's enough there that kind of gives you it's it's it wouldn't be what I would term as as your average ordinary Protestant church uh, well well and again it's based upon a different definition well, how it's, it's, i define it's it it's based off of a theology of of of, of the church okay so, so so do you th- so does the anglican church do they not pray to mary and the saints and I, stuff like that you know i'd have to check on there i'm not positive i don't think that they do but okay uh, i'm not completely positive but if you walked into a worship service at an anglican church it would look it would look very very similar to a roman catholic church is frankincense very, what, very is frankincense the the scent that or the um uh, what do they call that stuff? <laughs> what do they call it's, it's, stuff? What do those pot smokers burn when they're <laughs> oh when gosh. they're when they're smoking? Their they smoke pot? frankincense and myrrh. <laughs> that broke it. <laughs> what are they? Those things that you burn that smoke and smell incense. Uh, yes, is that the is that the incense that they um burn that they using the catholic church what is frankincense, frankincense? yeah <laughs> no. no not frank incense frankincense <laughs> I, oh, no anyway no. I, i'm not positive exactly what they use to be able to to burn for incense but it's just it's just a smell it's just one more part of bringing you all of who you are smell I, sights sounds uh, taste and everything else into this I, understanding can i just say that's one of those high worship things that i miss oh yeah yeah and like, if you're familiar, if you're unfamiliar with high worship, dude, go if back. You, if you sit close this, to the center of the aisle when they're like swinging that thing, you're coughing. I'm yeah. sorry, that is strong. But stuff. It's, it smells so good, and it and it really, <laughs> I'm telling you, um, it really does. Because of course, I went to Catholic church, and I went to uh, I went to mass every Friday with or not Catholic church, Catholic school. And for eight years of my life, I went every Friday to mass, and I went and during all the holidays when they had you know, stations of the cross and stuff. They, sure. they brought out the, it's like for me, th- I, there very much was a time in my life 
where I worshipped God through those things, and and it brings back memories. And wait, you know. I have to go back. Did you say you worshipped? I worshipped. <laughs> That's awesome. There's nothing wrong with worshiping God. Worship or worship? It's W. Uh, worship God? It's W. <laughs> it, what do you say? Worship. It's not W-E-R. Worship. <laughs> it's worship. It's W. Uh, war. Worship. It's what? Your w- worship is war? <laughs> no, not war. <laughs> I love this. This is awesome. <laughs> it's worship. We're talking about terminology. I had to give you a hard time. I know. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> But I do wash my clothes because it's an A. You don't wash your clothes. I, I, there is no W-O-R. Gotcha. I'm See? glad that you wash your clothes because I know a lot of people that wash their clothes. Yes. <laughs> my mom washes her clothes. But I do worship. I do. I promise. Nice. I hope so. All right. Well, so anyway, thank you very much, uh, Richard, for sending that into us. Yes. And, and phenomenal science for... The Orthodox sides. I mean, that's awesome. Yeah. And and like I said, those will be in the show notes. All right. So here is the big email from my good friend, Jonathan, and he is going to uh, talk about, you know, larger churches and stuff. I'll tell you what, how about you start and uh, read all the way down to half the page and I'll pick up where humans are drawn. <laughs> okay. This is a really long. It, it, it's long, but I think that's good. Wow. Okay. All right. If it, if you would have called this in, it probably would have been about a two two minute message. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. All so. right. I'm a couple of weeks behind on my listening about the church, too, about the church, though I got frustrated by an earlier attitude I gathered from a few of the shows. I am a human being, and thus I'm a consumer. Okay, I just want to stop right there. Yeah. Does that remind you of the new Microsoft ads? You're like, I'm not a human uh, doing. I'm not a human. <laughs> I am a human being. Exactly. <laughs> me. Anyway, all right. I'm a human being, and thus I'm he, a consumer. He's a PC. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Uh, I must consume food and other resources to live, though that is not how I define myself. I generally dislike the question, what do you do? But think about that. In our culture, we generally are not interested in what we consume, but define ourselves by what we produce. We cannot eliminate our need to consume, although we can choose how we define ourselves and view our world. The Bible states that there is a time for everything, including both consumption and production. This applies to all aspects of our life, including physical, mental, spiritual, social, etc., now on to the second part that irked me. <laughs> do we want to do we want to talk about the first part? You want to just yeah, keep going? yeah. Let's stop there and uh, let's let's talk about that. So consumerism. We we talked about consumerism, right? And uh, I I I kind of agreed with you know I kind of agree with him and and in I believe I we brought a, a well balanced approach to this at least between the two of us right. because I even said I don't think it is possible for us to not be consumers. Um, however, I think there, while I'm drawn to consumerism, I have to acknowledge that some of those things are not godly. Uh, and, 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 and let me give you a perfect example of this. Um, let me, oh man. I, oh yeah. Here, let me, let me do this real quick. Go for it. Um, this weekend, uh, I came across a song that I will tell you is probably, my favorite worship song right now. War, did you hear that? I did. <laughs> You're awesome. So uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna play with play with you. And for I'm, a look, I'm looking for I'm, the I'm looking for the Psalms that there's a time to. Okay. So the Beatles, the Beatles song Psalms. That, no, that's in Ecclesiastes. That was oh, written right, by Solomon. Right, right. Uh, let's see here. Worship devotional. I'm gonna play for you for one second this song. If I can get it to pull up here.
So, well, while this is getting started, I just want to say, for me, I am a consumer. I'm very consumeristic in my worship. There is a certain style of music that appeals to my emotions and appeals to my sense. It just puts me in a certain mood. Okay. And and for me, you know, piano like this uh-huh. very much puts me there. Bass, the bass guitar, very much puts me there. It's not in there. Yeah, it, it will. Okay, Hold on. Like- and, and then not only that, but then there you hear the the little chimes. Yeah. Okay, you hear that? Yeah, and, I hear and, that. And then you're you're gonna hear the bass guitar come in, and it's just like, oh man! And then it's just building, and it's like I know this is just music; it's just instruments, but it it it's like, oh man! It really is bringing me in. And then halfway through this song, they bring in the violin. Now listen to this. Okay, so I have been in multiple churches that have this style of worship. Okay, I've been yeah. in I've been in multiple churches that that's what worship sounds like in their church. Right. I am drawn. I I so desire to consume that style of worship. I, that is the style of worship that energizes. I mean, I I just like my spirit just came alive just listening to that music. And, and that's what I'm drawn to, but I'm in a church, I'm in a church and, and I say this with as much love and respect as I can, where 30% of the time, one of the girls is one of the, that leads worship for us is one of those, ah, oh that, that style of singing. I cannot, I cannot sing on key with her. If you, <laughs> I, well, I can hardly sing on key anyway, but that's a key I just can't hit. Right, yeah, yeah. And and then and then the rest of the time worship is led by somebody who sings extre- extremely well. I matter of fact, professional level singing, but still do they do a level they do the style of of music that just it doesn't do a thing for me inside. Right, right. Doesn't do a thing for me inside. I mean, I, I not moved, not nothing. Right. Just nothing. It just there's nothing there for me in, in the worship of music at the church I currently attend. And right. so sometimes there's this desire. It's like, wow, I wish I could go to a church that could just move me. <laughs> you know, but the thing is, is that there from and, and that's my consumerism. I would love to go to a huge mega church where they've got they've got five different worship bands and they play that right. style of music every right. Sunday. But here's the thing, and, and, and I'm not saying it's bad to go to a church if, if, you, if there's that there, but here's the deal. 
for me, church is more than just the music. You see, I, I'm very if I can if I just consider consider my consumeristic, you know, tendencies that I would definitely not. I mean, because of consumerism, I would actually choose not to go to Watermark. Right. I also like to walk into a building that makes me feel nice. I like to walk into I actually sometimes I enjoy walking into a cathedral that puts me into the mood of sure. respect and reverence and and there just sensed that just seems to be some awe about it. And 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 you can get that in some of the older cathedrals and the big buildings. And at the same time, you can get that in some of these brand new multi-million dollar buildings. It's just you just feel good inside. And I'm not saying it's bad to do that, but I'm not in that place. There's not one of there's technically not one of those around here. Right, right. So so um but so what while I'm drawn to that, what I have to do is when I go to church on Sunday morning, I have to sometimes and, and I just admit this and I confess this, that sometimes I have to you know, my, my wife is very much she loves to worship and she 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 really does get a lot out of the worship that's at our church. She really enjoys it. And sometimes she's rushing. She doesn't want to be late. And if we're 25 minutes late, that's great. I miss the music. Right. And 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 I hate that I feel that way sometimes. But I have and I have to fight that. <laughs> but here's the same thing. The, the, the thing is, is what is church for me? It's not just my consumeristic needs. You know, it's not just what I want. It's not the, the music isn't why I go to that ch- to this church or that church. The building that I'm in or the lack of a building owned by us sure. is not the reason why I choose to go to a church. Why do I why did I choose Watermark? There are a lot of reasons. I'm not going to go into that because I mean, but right. but sound biblical teaching that re- I mean, that does reach me. And I will tell you that, honestly, that is one of the consumeristic reasons why I do like uh, watermark it, it it it's not mark driscoll yelling at me right, right you know and 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 so i like the way that i connect to the message and stuff like that. so even so i'm not saying it's all bad no. we all but but sometimes if you take it to the nth degree it can be and all i all i think all i was saying in the consumerism and i'm not defending against jonathan feeling you know in the way he feels yeah, sure, but no. but all i'm saying is that my my issue is like sometimes I think we feed into the consumer. It's like, what does everybody want? It's it's and and it's people pleasing, right? You know, how can we please the most people and attract the most people? But then at the same time, what is the church supposed to be doing other than attracting people? And 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 how do you? <laughs> oh my gosh! I'm, you can I talk now? Yeah. Are you done? Dude, you could have talked a long time ago. No, 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 no. I wanted to let you play your music and stuff. <laughs> cool. right, here's my music. <laughs> I don't have anything to play <laughs> no, I just, oh my gosh. I, you know, I've, I've, we've, we've beat this dead horse a lot and a lot and a lot and a lot, but it, it just seems to me that we have, we have as, and I'm talking about Christianity as a whole in the West, okay, primarily in the United States of America. Okay. Um, I really think that we have done too much of an injustice about feeding the consumerism or okay. really honestly. Um, and, and that's, you know, so the reason they went to a traditional style of music was not because they were led by Christ. And, you know, that is, that is an expression of their, their love and their worship of God. But it was a decision to bring more people into this place. Okay. And, and so it's, and I, and once again, it's a heart issue. Ultimately it's a heart issue. I believe that God can be worshiped through traditional worship or, 
through contemporary worship. I'm, I'm okay with that. I can worship God in both places. That's fine with me. That's no big deal. Um, but I, it, it just brings to mind, I, all, I can, I can, all I can keep on thinking about is the early church and the church in China, mm-hmm. where if you're going to be a part of this, you're risking your life. Right. That is not a part of the Christianity in the West. But my question is, how can somebody who's never been to China, who's never been to the one of the third world countries and stuff like that, how can we be expected to live out a Christianity different than the one that we are are brought up in and, and stuff like that? It's not easy. I never said it was going to be easy, but I'm saying it's very needed. And I, and I think that we have gone so much on the seesaw on one side of let's do this children's ministry because it's going to bring people in here and let's do this because it's going to bring people in here. I want them to be attracted to Christ, not not music, not yeah, exactly. a building, not exactly. a ministry program, so I think not a healthy sporting Christian, events. A healthy Christian would be able to say exactly what you're saying. I personally like this music. But this is not the core of my faith. That, and that's what I'm saying. It, right. And, and I'm saying that the majority of, uh, and, I, and, I'm, and of course, this is a generality and I hate generalities, but a lot of people that are out there that are Christians are very ignorant. Mm-hmm. And, the, and, and the, the church is to blame, I believe, because we have not done a good job of saying, hey, one of your pieces of DNA and your human being as a community and individually is to be Christ-like. Christ-like means right. to love other people and to die on a cross for them. Right. Where, where, where are we dying on a cross when we say, I like this worship, I don't like this worship? Mm-hmm. And, and that's all I'm saying. I'm not saying that that's, I, I believe me, I think that, <laughs> I think ultimately sin can be summed up in selfishness. Mm-hmm. Or ultimately, and that's my, my personal opinion, is sin can be, it can be, caught up in and is basically defined as selfishness. It's all about me, 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 right. not about others or about God. And, and, and as the life of Christ was always about others and about God, never about himself. Right. Um, unless he was talking about the divinity side of himself and then it's about God. <laughs> exactly. And, and so, and that's what I think that the seesaw that has gone so far off to the right. The reason I'm so adamant about it is because I think that you almost have to tip the seesaw too far over to the other side before it will actually balance out. Does that make sense? Yeah, I I don't know. The only thing I'm saying is that I've come to the point where I've recognized my consumerism. I I recognize it and I and I've learned and matured to the place where now all of a sudden I, I can see that, you know what? I need to go and I need to prepare my heart ahead of time, regardless of the style of music and regardless of whether or not I, I sit in a million, uh, a $5 million complex in a church um, or a high school auditorium sure. or in three foot of mud down in a church in Ecuador, you sure. know, and it, it doesn't matter. I need to be, you know, my relationship with God not need not be dependent upon my consumeristic wants and desires, right. and then, and then but I, and on the wanna... thankfulness and gratefulness of God and who he is right. and the fact of what he did for me on the cross. Right. And that's, and that's why I always said the emphasis of worship is a lifestyle. It's not just one hour a week or some kind of way of being able to express it. It is a lifestyle of who you are, but you can have emphasis at, at certain times and at certain places and certain and with certain people, but it should be in my mind, a lifestyle of who you are. Your very core of who you are is constantly giving praise and, and adoration to God. But look, can I just say that my maturing process over the years 
all took place through various different phases of consumerism within the church. My being a consumer of very very many churches that fed my desires and wants and right. and stuff like that. So all I'm saying is that I was once very ignorant, and I'll be honest with you. And, and you don't have to listen to more than two episodes. Well, actually, you probably listen to one, and you'll recognize the fact that I'm still very ignorant on a lot of sure, things. I think we all are. I think it's a process of growing. As a but at the at the same time, I was one of those people who were attract. I was attract. What I I freely admit that I used to go to a Pentecostal church. I went there every Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night. Never missed a single service at this Pentecostal church for right. a year and a half. And I only did so because of the totally hot looking chicks there. <laughs> and and, I, and the other thing I want to clarify is. But I learned a lot about God sitting sure. there next to some very sure, beautiful women. All right, well, here's the other thing is, can you discern the difference between your own desires and the desire that God places in us to be in relationship with God? Yes. And, and I believe that it's possible, but I think that we have got to be really good about making sure that we're constantly checking ourselves and being in discernment about, hey, is this hunger of worshiping God from the spirit or is it from me? Right. And and and, and I think that's that's the core issue that we're really kind of talking about here. Right. Is, is this a selfish, you know, does that music move, move me because I'm worshiping God or do I get, is it mostly the benefit I, I get out of it, out of the feeling? Exactly. Oh, yeah. Exactly. And, 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 and there's nothing, and God uses feelings. God can be able yeah. to be, I mean, he created them. And Why not be able to be a part of it? Exactly. So anyway, yeah, so, okay, I, right, I, I think we're right. I think we're right exactly okay. where we were before. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Now onto the second aspect that irked me. I love irked. That's uh, yes. a great word. Irked is very irked cool. It's a cool word. Anyway, all right. It's it's so much better than uh, the P I double S E D me off. Yes. So, <laughs> which includes urine, which is awkward. Anyway, big churches and the role of church in the lives of people. It's, I love how he like gives titles to each section. It's I, awesome. I, uh, I I love Jonathan. He is so detailed. He's 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 very much like me in that area because awesome. I, I I break down subsections when I send long emails. Oh yeah. Yeah. Point number I, one. I point appreciate two. that as a reader. So. Go ahead. All right. Are there churches that I disagree with their mission approach and style? Yes. I drive a number of miles each time I go to the building of a church I'm a member of and pass by many churches, both big and small, at the same time judging a church simply because of the size or quality of their building is a poor judgment. Humans are drawn to a few things, including greatness and grace. Large churches are large because, for some reason, they provide something of value to those individuals. Some I disagree with and believe do not help the Christian community because they have either been corrupted or strayed from their original intent. Others started out with a mission or a set of values that I disagree with, yet even with those, God can use those churches or use these churches much the same way he can use anything. Also, large churches can reach some people that and do and do some things that a smaller one cannot. Could your church of 16 or less people send $100,000 to help with the tsunami? Maybe. Would it have been a major uh, negative effect on the impact on your local community? Probably. Could your small church send a team each week to New Orleans for several years, uh, then monthly after that? I'm guessing no. I'm not attempting to bash the small churches out there, rather to show a couple of things. One of the things that came to mind, because I sent an email to Cliff and he asked if he could share it, I wanted to rewrite before he did it. <laughs> he had the, before he, and had time to think. Jesus started his ministry with just a few people. He gathered around him a small group of close disciples, but his church grew to be massive in today's terms. Not to mention that that the numbers were crazy big back in the day. Think about the term five loaves and two fishes. What does that bring to mind? 
Basically, it shows that Jesus preached on, on in a in a church with over five thousand people present. Does that dis- diminish the work that he did whenever when it was just his friend? No. Does it mean that he sold out and had an improper mission or something wrong? No. I am pretty modern and, and contemporary minded worshiper. I.e., I like my loud music. Consider <laughs> my most worship filled experiences to be concerts with bands like Audio Drilling, Skillet, Toby Bank, etc. Yet at one point, I came to the realization that some people need traditional worship services to connect with God. This discussion is not only about worship styles. Yes, I believe the realization or logic needs to be applied. Some people need real seeker churches, others seeker focused, others traditionals, others contemporary, other TV, others on the radio, and others just someone in their daily life to follow the promptings that God places in their hearts. Finally, I could see either of Eucliffe or DG. Uh, Churches grow in a similar way that the People's Church of Franklin uh, has grown. If you want to hear one version of their story history, then listen to the main presentation and we'll have those links. Right. Keep focusing on your mission, grow and radical uh, and radically pursue it. Yet understand that other churches give their missions. Uh, if only one was needed, there would only be one. All righty. So I, you know what? I mean, I'll let you go first on this one. Do you, do you have any thoughts on some of the things that he said there? Um, no, I mean, I, I don't like absolutely just completely disagree with anything he said there. Um, I just, I really, you just lean more on the smaller churches because of the community. And I lean on smaller churches because of the effectiveness of being able to bring out, bring about a, a true um, um, disciple. And when I say disciple, what I'm talking about is one who's constantly learning and asking questions about Christ and growing with Christ and growing a relationship with Christ in community. Uh, in an authentic community. And I just, I don't necessarily have that sense of authentic community in just the one big, huge, large gathering of people. Um, you don't have that family kind of understanding that I think Christ had in mind when he created the church. Um, but not to say anything bad about that. I think that, yes, I mean, the church has grown over time um, and, and it's it made a lot of mistakes after it's grown over time. Uh, I think one of the greatest things for the church and one of the worst things for the church is when Constantine basically said, yes, Christianity is okay, it's cool. We can start building buildings now and not be in fear of the Roman government killing us. Um, and and I, I, we can go into that some other time. But well, my, See, the thing is, is I've been a part of a lot of smaller churches. And there was a time when I was a part of a small little Nazarene church and when my wife and I started attending this church, there were about 22 members. And when I say 22 members, 22 people, average weekly attendance and worship. Okay. And that included myself and my wife and the church board and and everybody else. It's, it's <laughs> the it, it, was, it, was the, it was the church. And, <laughs> and it was a small, it was family. And the thing is, is we started the past, the pastor of that church and my wife and I, uh, all had all three. God had just completely laid on our heart this vision for cell ministry, which is where we would break into small groups, live life together, and and it just and, and really have that be the center f- focus is this com- this idea of community, not just coming together on at church on Sundays. And so what I see is is that smaller doesn't always equal growing greater disciples because what happened was we were we started to really see some significant growth after about a year and a half of doing cell groups. We were running around 85, 95%, 95 people in our worship gatherings uh, on Sunday mornings. And uh, which by the way, in this small Nazarene church packed the house. 
I mean, right. yeah. it, 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 we were packing the house. And so um, anyway, what happened was we had about 300 people involved in small groups. And the vision of this of this small Nazarene church, the the uh, church board happened to say, you know, hey, we have a real issue here. People aren't coming to Sunday school. You've got all these people meeting each other in their homes. We're not getting any tithe from them. And we're in, and it's like we don't see any numbers. We're not able to report this stuff to the district because right. the district doesn't care how many people are meeting in each other's homes. They have a Sunday school roster, and we're not meeting our we're not meeting our numbers. Sure. And and it was a huge frustration. And what happened was eventually it got to the point where they finally decided, you know what, we're putting our foot down. We want to restart making some requirements that they start attending here, that they and, and that if anybody is a member or they go to another church for worship, that that you kind of let them know that they and it's like and all of a sudden what happened was within about two and a half weeks from that point, our our Sunday worship went down to about 40 people. Oh, and, yeah. and then eventually our pastor de- decided to finally take a sabbatical after a bunch of stuff. And St- Stephanie and I were, I actually was left to fill the pulpit. You wouldn't believe some of the things that these people said to me. Oh, sure. And and finally I decided to step down. And today, about oh, probably about 12 years later, that church right now, you go there this Sunday morning, I'll take you. There's about 23 people that show up every Sunday morning, and it's the same people that were there before, minus myself, my wife, and the pastor of the church at the time and his family. Well, yeah, it's not surprising so I, either. All, but all I'm saying is that that is, a, that is an example of where you can have some very ineffective, not building uh, deeper relationships and having... Um, uh, discipleship happening even in a small church so i, sure. I i'm I, all i'm and, and 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 i know because i was i was actually studying to be a um i was a district licensed minister in the nazarene church which for many churches i would have already been an ordained pastor but uh in the nazarene church you have to wait eight years in the, on the track that i was going and i was only three years into it right so um i i literally went to all the district meetings hundreds of other churches all of them very similar to ours Every one of them exactly the same. So I'm telling you, the entire district of churches, over a hundred of these churches, all experiencing no discipleship. Right. And 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 I, one of the biggest things was, you know, we baptized one person this year was like, I mean, eruption of applause. (laughs) We baptized one person this year, Uh, but I mean, it, it it just got a little. It just got a little much for me. And so so I almost have some disdain for some of that, at least what I've seen in larger churches. And what I have seen in larger churches um, is I see people coming, at least, and hearing the word of God. Right. And that's where I was going in the last time we talked we talked about this. At least there's something attracting these people in such a way. And, but even... I, even at first church of uh, of of whatever I went to before, uh, right. I I recognized what there was a period of time when I just got fed up with church, and I recognized what drew me into this was the feel good messages, right? 
And all of a sudden I recognize it's like, wow, I, I, I feel like I walk out of this service every single week with just feeling so great and about myself. But the truth is, is I got so much sin in my life. I should be feeling great about who I am <laughs> and what I am in, in Christ right now because, yeah. but, but I go there every week and I'm never challenged. Now I don't want, I don't want Mark, Mark Driscoll yelling at me. You know, I, right. I don't want that, but, but at the Which same we're time, get to an email about exactly. <laughs> but, but I do want to, you be, probably took I want to, that's fine. <laughs> but, I, but I do want to be confronted with truth yeah. and I wasn't getting all of that there. So I'm just saying that even in some large churches, there's a, there's an issue where it, like I said, there's right. too much emphasis and, 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 and hear me right when I my, my heart, when I say too much emphasis on grace preaching and not enough about, you know, you need to really live, you know, there, there's a standard God really does want you to live up to, hmm. you know, and he, he gives you grace and loves you regardless of whether or not you meet that mark, but that doesn't erase the mark. God wants you to, God has a higher standard of living. He, he want, he's calling you something to greater than what the minimum, you know, it, it's like, right. it's not how much can I do and still be a Christian. It's God wants you up here. Right. And, and I wasn't getting it. And so, but I'm not going to, but what I can't say is because that was my experience in this large church that all large churches are like that. Right. And so, I, and, and I, and I agree with you that there is some intimacy issues or some, some there is the potential for greater intimacy in a smaller church where the everybody that belongs to that church can kind of know each other. And, and there's some some of that. But at the same time, I really do like the larger church, the gathering of resources where you can send out. Right. And what I'm saying is even the larger church and they were preaching the, the challenging messages to grow people as disciples. That's still not as effective as my relationship with you. Because I love you and I care about you and you trust me and I look at you and say, Cliff, dude, seriously, you need to spend more time with your family. But l- you and I are, let me ask you this, okay? Are you and I having this kind of relationship that you're just now talking about? Yeah, if I if I saw something in your life that was like that, yeah, I would Ab- be. Absolutely, yeah. yeah, you'd mention it and, and you and I are are we we make a commitment to to talking with one another to encourage one another to inspire and if need be admonish one another but yet we do not belong to the same church no yeah exactly and and what i'm saying is is, all i'm saying is that if you're in a large church who says that can't happen no, I'm not saying it can't happen. I'm, I'm saying I, know you're, I didn't mean to say that. I'm saying it's more effectively happening in a smaller gathering of people. Now, I think a lot of large churches do have really good ministries yeah. that break it up into small groups or break it up into house churches or whatever else. Um, but, but I'm just saying for the average human being that walks into a service, most of the time if it's a large church, they're going there because of something they like. yes. So it's, I agree. it's feeding off of a selfish tendency. I agree 100%. And and when they go in there, does the church do a good job of loving them and caring for them enough to where they they really honestly give them an opportunity to say, we want you to experience authentic community and authentic family. And I think and they're not going to get that by going to one worship service one time a week for one hour. I agree. They're not going to get it. I, I don't think they're going to. Now, don't get me wrong. The spirit can work and and, and they can get it if the, if the spirit's involved. But I don't think it's as effective. And that's my main thing. I I'm agree. not talking that it's not going to work. I'm not saying that large churches are crap. I am saying that it's not as effective in the world we live in today, I, especially with the younger generation. I think statistically speaking, my art, I, I still lean on the larger church being statistically 
more effective uh, on a larger number on a larger scale because the per- the percentage of those who are being discipled is much lower maybe maybe it's 2% 20 10% of the of the population of the church the the people who show up are very much effective being discipled and ministered and and that slow you know the that number slowly increases but so does the number of people who come and they build another 10 million dollar building or whatever you have and and stuff like that and but the percentage is always low i agree with right. you there right, sure. Okay. Whereas in the smaller church, I agree that the percentage is maybe seventy percent. You know, that the seventy percent of effective of people who come in are really being discipled, and it happens on a much more rapid basis. Right. But the thing is, is when you look at the numbers, it it it's just like wow that even the ten percent far out can sometimes far outweigh the number of people growing discipled very deep in relationship. And that can weed its way through that long. I mean, people breaking out of, you know, their own little circles in that larger church and go up and, and be on the lookout for people and finding and, and, and drawing them in. And all I'm saying is that, you know, that 90% that's attending there because of a selfish consumeristic uh, need or want being met at least they're there hearing. And I will say that I believe there are a lot of people who come to church looking for hot chicks who eventually <laughs> find out a hot God. Sure, sure, sure. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm not saying that that's bad. And I'm not right. saying that it doesn't happen that way. I don't. I just don't think it's as effective. I, I agree with you. Percentage-wise, it's and, not as and, effective. And I said it's not as effective at creating the kind of disciple that I think Christ desires. Uh, for, for, but I think they desire, I, I do believe a majority of those churches desire to be, and I'm not saying that, and I think that there are things that can be implemented. And when that becomes the focal point, I believe that they can bump that 10% up to 15 or 20 or 30%. I, I, I think that it, that it could happen. Everything is, anything is possible. With God. But, but the, and the, cause and the only reason I bring this up is because what, if, what if I, what if I was the head pastor of a, of a 16,000 member church? The only thing is, is I could think if I'm, if, if I'm, if I, if I'm having this conversation and I'm listening, it's like, I'm not as effective. Well, I just want to become more effective. But how do I do that? Do, do I say, okay, well, I subscribe to the smaller church is more effective. So let's just break this whole thing up. That's the conversation we had before. Do I just break this whole thing up and turn it into a bunch of smaller churches? Well, then we're not what we are. What? Christians? No. (laughs) Come on, DG. Wait, no, I'm being, I said it with Jess, but I'm actually being very true and honest. We're we're not. Why does you, why does your understanding of your Christianity have to look like this? I don't know. And And that's the question I think that I think a lot of, and I honestly think in the future, all these big churches are going to have to deal with it because my generation is not going to give you money. They will see through, they'll hear the music that you just played. Uh-huh. They will have no starting point to be able to figure out what the world's going on. And they'll tell, they'll say to themselves, you're trying to get my emotions involved and you just blah, 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 blah. You get this all the time with people all the time are saying, you just want my money or you just want to convert me. And you hear that in people's lives the whole time. And I'm saying those things are going to die away. You're already saying you're not finding young adults in in churches today. And even when you are, I can almost guarantee that very few of them are really giving money towards it. (sighs) 
I don't know, man. I the well the oh gosh, this, and I definitely see it's happening in in in, in mainline I, denominations all over the Methodist Church. Oh, big time. There is there is very few young adults in the United Methodist Church right now, and they're dying. They're flipping out, and they're dying. They have no idea what to do, and yeah. I think it's because we've created a mile wide Christianity, but they're only an inch deep. They do not understand selflessness and sacrifice as a part of who they are as, but, as a Christian. But who who is who is it that's? I mean, okay, so maybe they're a mile wide and an inch deep. But if they are believers in Christ, do they or do they not have somebody up in heaven that who cares about them and has sent the gift of not just the church, but the gift of the Holy Spirit to lead them, to guide them into all truth? Say it again now. All right. So it's God did not only send the gift of the church to uh, brand new believers in Christ, but he sent the gift of the Holy Spirit. Well, the, the church wouldn't be in existence without the Holy Spirit. I understand that. Yeah. You switch it. No, no. <laughs> he only sent the spirit so the church could be created. Okay. But, okay. When I say church, I'm talking about the institution. Oh, okay. All right. That, that, God, I, I believe God ordained the institution, the, this this institution uh, called the church. Okay. And I know the church is the ecclesia and, and it's the called out ones and, 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 and they, but I'm talking about some structure to the whole thing. He, he's, he's, but I don't think that the traditional form of the church is the gift of God. <laughs> you just dug yourself into a hole. I, I, I saw that. Let I'm me, like, I'll on. let him talk. I'll let him talk. Hold on. Let, let me put this shovel over here. <laughs> Forget what I was saying. That that was not going in the right direction. You want to go to the next email? <laughs> I, yeah, let's do that. Because I, I'm, I'm tempted to talk about tithing and why that's... Because Well, I, I, I do want to talk about it. In fact... Um, let, let, we'll we're go on two to, shows today, so yeah, this is fun. We're gonna, we're, we'll talk about tithing, and um, and then we'll go on to the rest of the emails in the uh, in the next show. Um, you, you mentioned that our generation won't give; they're, they're just not going to give money. And you know what? I I have to I have to disagree there. I the if if you can grow a true disciple, you'll grow a you'll grow a Christian that is willing to give. Yeah, sure. Okay, and they they will be willing to give to the the they'll be willing to give uh, generously, extremely generously, especially if they can come along to the point where they understand and fully and fully live out living by faith and understanding God is the provider. I'm not saying they're not going to give. Okay, what did what, what did I said you say? Was they're not going to give to a building? Okay. They're not going to give to in, in a lot of cases. They're not going to give to a professional clergy. But okay. they will give money where there are needs, where well, they see the kingdom would, how, needing to be okay. there. So, so giving to the poor, helping out for tsunami, helping out for hurricanes, helping out. I mean, all that stuff, man, they are willing to give to that in a heartbeat. Yes. But they're not willing to say, oh, I'll give to an institution just so we can pay for the electricity. They're turning around to clergy and saying, why don't you get your own job and 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 be just like me? And we actually both give to this understanding of what Christ desires for us to be and to do. And so what does that totally sold out believer that that is really desires to to understand what God desires and understands that God has called out some people to devote their entire lives to to preaching and teaching. That doesn't the scripture quite clearly indicate that those people ought to be paid for what they do. They, I think that they were given money to be able to support that, 
but I don't see necessarily a one. This is your only job. I I do. I I clearly see that in scripture, and and I it's been a while since I looked at it. But hold on, BibleGateway.com. I'm pulling it up. Uh, how would I find that phrase? Um, uh, gosh, pay. Does anybody know? Uh, yes, I know Paul was a tent maker. Um, I forget how it's this. This is the pro, this is the only problem I have about multiple translations. You oh, yeah. you remember the phrase in like um oh it's true like, like, like you remember it in the King James, but then you or, search in NIV and you're like ah oh, where is it yeah is it? it's like ah <laughs> oh, gosh earn let's see here let's see if we can find earn in the New Testament does it say anything about the living wage <laughs> the living wage like earning a living wage I don't know uh let's see here Luke Acts Romans second. Oh gosh, I I'm not going to be able. To. So anyway, there there is, there is definitely a scripture that talked about the fact that number one, um, Paul did say that although I'm entitled to receive, I never asked of you. I instead I've went out and worked, and right. so so the, even there there was the indication that. Um, uh, there was the indication that, you know, he had he he had the authority to ask for his full living to be made that way, but he chose not to. Um, but there, I wish I could find it real quick. You know, may, I'll tell you what I'll do is in between shows we'll we'll pull the pull this one out. But I I, I do believe I, I do believe that people are going to be reluctant to giving to buildings. Buildings that are only going to be used a couple, you know, one, two, three days out of the week, four days out of the week, most. Right. Okay. However, uh, and, and and of course, one of the things that I love about the church where I go to is we do not own a building. We rent an auditorium and pay pay rent to to set up there once a week. To and 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 because of that, I am for the first time in my life and in, in the first time of my church leadership life and being a part and involved on a leadership position in ministry, which I've been in now for more than 13 years. Um, For the first time in my life, this is the first church I've ever been at where I am not flooded and inundated with meeting after meeting after meeting. I probably attend a leadership meeting about once every three months, about once every three months. Right. And it's never at the church. It's because there, there, quote unquote, is no right, building. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Our our church office, our church office, uh, which we have some full time pastors and uh, staff. Our church office is a little three room building that has no indoor plumbing. There's no toilet in this building. When they want to use the restroom, they go to the restaurant next door or to the fitness place next door, or to the tree in the backyard, or to the tree in the I'm backyard. <laughs> But but I mean, so so I love that because, you know, I know that the thing is, is though I'm giving in my I'm I'm giving of my heart or giving to the church what God has what I feel led to give in my heart to give to the church. Sure. Which right now is 10 percent of all my income. All right. And so basically I give that and, and I love the fact that I know it's not going towards paying for a building that sits there you know, five days out of the week, completely sure. unused. Sure. And especially, you know, knowing that it's not a, you know, multi-million dollar building that oh, goes yeah. unused many days out of the week. Sure. And the problem I have with churches is that are big buildings that have, well, all of a sudden it's like, well, what do you do when you have a $10 million campus? And, 
and you're and it sits empty. What you what you want to do is you want to make sure that it doesn't send empty because it wait that's what a waste. And so you put all these ministries and build all these things and you ask everybody to to come here 7 days a week and then you're not out in the world. You're not reaching people, you're not serving people, you're not sure. loving people. I, I'm not not that you can't, but you're in you're more times than not you're asking them to come here because of that building right. versus going to them. And and I've seen that. And so I can understand that people are going to be reluctant to give to that. However, and, and since I started coming to, to Watermark, which has no building, I have a friend of mine, pastor that I, uh, of a church, he, he got called to lead a plant a church up in Michigan and they started out in a high school gymnasium or actually they started, started out in the gymnasium at a fitness center. Then they moved to a high school. Then I think they may have moved to a movie theater. I'm not sure, but they've outgrown all of that. They run about 800 people a week uh, on the weekends now, but they're a small, they're a cell church. They, they all, I mean, a majority of those people are meeting in small groups. They are considering building a building. And I'm like, oh man. And the, and the, this pastor friend of mine, we were at dinner. I'm like, what are you talking about? You and I, we've had, he goes, Cliff, get this. He goes, I'm going to get you on board with this one. And I'm like, yeah, I, <laughs> I, I, I won't hold my breath. He goes, no, hold your breath. <laughs> so here's what their church is doing. They're building a community center. They're not going to name it blah, 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 the name of their church. This building is the name of their town community center. Right. And that community center is going to be a multi-purpose fitness area where it can be converted on the weekends to move in all the chairs and be this worship place that will seat about a thousand to fifteen hundred people. And when church when they're not having their service there worshiping then they do have their offices for their staff mm-hmm. but they also have tons of recreation stuff they and then they have the basketball and the volleyball and they have all this other they're going it, to it's basically going to be used as a community center when not used for their gatherings right and so what now would the young and, and let me just tell you their their church completely full completely full about 75% young adults giving money because of the vision. Right. 20 somethings or 40 somethings? Uh, I would say probably 25 to 45. That's a huge. <laughs> I wouldn't. <laughs> I, I, I'm considering young adults mainly in their 20s and maybe early 30s. Well, those people are those people are eventually going to earn some money, and and I believe they will give. Okay. I believe if they if I believe if they believe in the vision, they will give. I want to talk about tithing. Uh, oh gosh, we we are let's let's end this one and go into the next one and start tithing, and then we finish up there. <laughs> yeah, yeah we, no, 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 no. We'll we'll start tithing. The, we'll that's fin- what I'm saying. Like on the next one, we'll start with tithing and then yes. finish up the rest of the time. Exactly. Okay, that's cool. Exactly. So um, let me just uh, find my music here. Thank you all for listening. Yeah, thank you for listening to this week's edition of About the Church, part one of our discussion. There you go. And of course, uh, we want you to know that it's because of Plus members that we're able to come to you guys every week. Uh, I do do this full time. DG is a wonderful co-host, comes in, helps me every week put together some content. Of course, none of that content is interesting unless you guys participate with us and really lead us into a lot of this discussion. And the phone number where you can give us a call is area code 859-795-4067 or email us feedback at gspn.tv. Nice.